Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. God has a word for you as well. Uh, Before you sit down, I'm going to ask if you are sitting down that you stand up. We're going to dive into the word of God today. We are going to continue in our worship. This isn't splitting parts of service, but receiving the word. Sometimes you till the soil of the word. That was weird. Felt like someone just about pushed me over there. That was really weird. <laughs> so there's a, there's a word for you today. So we're going to open up to Isaiah chapter 43. That was really weird. <laughs> All right. Isaiah 43, verse 16. This is the word of the Lord today for you. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea. How many of you are all thankful for the God who makes a way in your life? He's making a way, he made a way, and he's going to make a way for you today. A path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and the horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. He's talking about the armies of Egypt that were pursuing the people of Israel. This is what he says, forget those things, the former things. Do not dwell on the past, how I did it before. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? In order to see what God is doing in your life, you have to ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to see. Otherwise, you look through your natural lens. He says, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Where you saw there was no way and you thought there was no way, I'm here to tell you today that God is making a way. How many believe it this morning? Amen. Let's pray today as we dive into the word. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth that ministers to us. God, I pray that we would not leave out of here uh, not hearing what you have to say. So God, here it is, your servant. Speak through me today, God. Anything that you want people to hear today out of your vessel, Holy Spirit, we yield to you. Have your way in our service. Have your way in our lives. God, we thank you for what you're doing today in the people of My City Church. Continue to do it, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And if you're hungry for the Word of God right now, I want you to open up your hands and say these words after me. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Word of God this morning. Come on. Come on. As you make your way to your seat, turn to your neighbor and just say these words after me. Say, he's making a way. And now ask him this question. This is the title of my message. You're taking notes. So what are you waiting for? He's making a way. He's making a way, which means it's present tense. So what are you waiting for? Many times we find ourselves waiting for God to move, and God is waiting on us to do something. It says he's making a way, but we still have to be the one to walk in it. We have to be the one to take that first step. And what we find is what Isaiah is talking about in chapter 43. Is he talking about a scenario that happened back when Israel left Egypt? Y'all know the Exodus, Charlton Heston, Moses, 
where he parsed the Red Sea and all the Egyptians' forces following, following Israel drown in the Red Sea. That's what he's talking about. He's saying, look back, see what I've done. So now you've seen it, you remember it, and now forget about it. Sometimes you need to remember in order to forget. Because many of us, we have lived our lives burying things. We've never processed them. And since we've never processed them, we have never dealt with them. Since we have never dealt with them, we've never gotten healing from them. And so what it is, is it starts to spread like gangrene in our hearts. The Bible calls it a root of bitterness that can happen in our hearts. Unprocessed sins, unrepented sins, hurt, trauma. The Lord desires for you to be made whole. The Holy Spirit's job, one of the main focuses of the Holy Spirit is our good counselor. The Holy Spirit reveals things in our past that we need to be healed from, set free from. And so here we have Israel. They are in bondage in Egypt. They're in bondage. Just like many of us were before we knew Christ, or many of us still feel like it, even as we've been walking with Christ. And that's okay that you feel like you have these things that come back after you. That's God's work in your life. That's the power of grace. You don't need to have it all figured out before God can use you. Sometimes he likes to let your little imperfections to shine the light through. Right? So it's okay that you are a work in progress. So God is working in your life. And so we see Israel, they are in bondage in Egypt. And they start crying out to the Lord. For some 400 years, they're in slavery. And they start crying out to the Lord. And the Bible says that God heard their cry. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 9, it says, And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, God says. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Can I tell you that it's good to cry out to the Lord? And God hears you when you cry? It's a good place to be when you cry out to the Lord. And so God hears them, and he responds. Not only does he hear them and respond, he does something about it, and he sets them free. The Bible says that he sent ten plagues, signs and wonders upon the Egyptians in order that Pharaoh would let the people go. So just like you were before you encountered Jesus, or maybe you still are, Jesus has made a way for you to be set free. Can I get an amen in here today? Like Jesus has made a way for you to be set free. It's your choice if you want to walk in that. So we see he sends all of these plagues to set them free. So as he sets us free today, he sets us free by the blood and the power of Jesus Christ who paid for our sins so that we might be the righteousness of God. That's my story. Jesus stepped in the middle of my mess and made it a miracle. He stepped in the middle of my depression and gave me a destiny. He stepped in the middle of my failings and gave me a future. And he wants to do the same thing with you today. And so we see Jesus stepping in the middle of Israel's bondage. And he leads them out into a promised land. And so we find in Exodus, and if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Exodus. We'll be living there primarily the rest of today. So we find that God gets Israel, uh, Pharaoh to let them go. So we pick up in Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. 
So they got out of Israel to go into the promised land. You would think that God would pick the direct route, but apparently he doesn't know how to use Google Maps. Apparently he's using Apple Maps. Oh. God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though it was shorter. Why? For God said if they faced war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God let the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went out of Egypt ready for battle. We'll leave this up here. God knew they weren't ready, but they left ready. And I tell you, only God knows what battles you're ready to fight and which ones you're not ready to fight. God knows what you're willing to stand and you're ready to stand up against. And so if we're following him, he will lead us to the right battles at the right time. That's why it's important that you get into the current, that you get into the things that God has called you to, that you continue to be led by the Holy Spirit. You yield to the Holy Spirit, not my ways, not my will, but your will be done. God, not what I want to do, but what you want to do. It's important to be led by the Holy Spirit. How do you know where the Holy Spirit is leading you? It's hard to be led by the Holy Spirit when you haven't gotten in the Word of God. Because God speaks through the Word of God. He speaks through the influence of leaders around you and people that God has placed over you in your life. He speaks through you to the leading of, of the Holy Spirit. And that's kind of how God is leading right now. He's leading them, not in the shortest route to the Promised Land, but towards the Red Sea. Israel leaves. They're ready for battle. They're ready to pick a fight. They're ready to fight. And so now we see them going out and whether it be armor, maybe they, maybe they had spears or some uh, farming equipment ready to fight, not knowing that the real battle they needed to fight was the one that was behind them. It was Egypt. They left Egypt, but Egypt never left them. In their hearts, but also as a physical pursuit. So we find, just a verse, how God is leading Israel. They lead, leave, ready for battle, and God starts to lead them. In verse 21, by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left this place in front. Everyone say in front. In front of the people. Now I tell you that God wants to lead you in your life. It's important to follow God and to stay in step with God. But how he led them is not always how he is going to lead us. Now we may see and wish upon, how many of y'all wish that God would lead us with a big old pillar of fire telling us where we should go? Right, hey, like what kind of job should I take, God? <laughs> this bank. What kind of house should I move in, God? Wow, there's just one cloud providing shadow over this one neighborhood in this one house. Who should I marry, God? <laughs> oh, that probably wouldn't be good. Big old cloud covering up a girl. Oh, that's the one. How many of y'all wish that God would, like, lead us that way? Right? I found out that this isn't really the way God leads us. Now, he did lead Israel at that time. And it's important that we stay in step. 
with God as he leads us. But how many know that staying in step with God doesn't always mean moving forward, but sometimes it's repeating steps in order that we learn what we need to learn. Because God is more interested in your character, development, and your heart than he is about your purpose. God is more interested in who you are when you get to the promised land than actually getting to the promised land. God will take his time. He will pass up generations. He, will be, he wants the right people there. So it's less about where you're going, and it's more about who you are when you get there. And so we see God leading the Israelites, and we pick up a few verses later in chapter 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi Heroth, between Migdal and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea directly opposite Abel Zephron. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. We'll leave this up. God is leading the Israelites, correct? He's leading them. But then he tells them to go back. Have you ever felt in your life where you were repeating a step? Where you were walking towards the things of God, plan A, plan B, plan C, only to go back to plan A again? Can I tell you that God will have you repeat steps so that he can drown things in your life that don't need to be there. And it'll look like from the outside that you're going nowhere. But actually, you are right in the current of God. Right smack in the will of God. So don't get discouraged when your environment hasn't changed. When your living situation haven't, hasn't changed. When your financial situation hasn't changed. No, God is developing character in your life. God is developing perseverance in your life. Let it have, it to have its good work in you. So we find, where does he lead them? He leads them by the Red Sea. They're repeating a step. They've been here before. And we find that they get led to the Red Sea. Interesting that God would lead them to a dead end. Where it felt like they weren't able to go any further. And so some of us in our lives, in our purposes in our lives, we tend to hit dead ends. And we don't know what we're supposed to do. And so this is what we do. Many of us fall into the trap of we wait for a new word from God. Or God to do something newer than what he told you to do. And so God isn't fickle. When he tells you to go this way, he doesn't tell you, okay, now go back to Egypt. No, you're going to get to the promised land. But it might just be through a body of water. It might be a way that you never thought it was going to be. It might be through a way that he hasn't done before. Right? So you have to open up your eyes and your mind to revision to your expectation. You're going to have those 12 bow down to you, Joseph. But it's not going to look like what you thought. It's going to look like you serving them, not them serving you. It's going to look like my positioning for your life. And you'll come to an impasse, the Red Sea. 
And then you will find that Egypt is now coming behind you. And so that's what happens. They get up to the Red Sea. And they're trapped. And then Pharaoh kind of has like this weird little, uh, he comes to his senses. He's like, why did I let him go? I got to go get these prisoners back to continue to help my expansion, building my buildings. And so he gets all the chariots and the armies of Egypt, and they chase them down. I don't know what Egypt represents in your life. But I can tell you that the devil wants to bring you back to quote-unquote Egypt. And he won't give up. What do you do when you feel like Egypt is like your shadow? And you're running from your shadow. I'm thinking of a, a song. I'm not going to sing it, though. I've been running from my shadow. All right, you guys probably don't know that song. Mike Shinoda. <clears throat> Lincoln Park? Where are my Lincoln Park fans at? Let me see them. All right, okay, okay, thank you, thank you. I'm not alone. <laughs> but you feel like your shadow's behind you. I've been running towards the things of God, towards the purposes of God. But this thing just keeps on coming back. I don't know what that is for you. But I need you to know, and this is the word of the Lord for you today. Stop letting what was disqualify you from what God is calling you to. I thought I'd get a better response from that in this room. Stop letting what was disqualify you from what God is calling you to. And this is why. Because God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He loves to let you go after what God has called you to, and he empowers you by his grace. Not by your perfection, but by his grace. So when we're up on stage or when we're ministering before people or we're singing or we're serving, it's not that we're a bunch of perfect people that finally got our act together. It's that we kept moving towards the things of God and believing in the things of God that he has for our lives, regardless of what happened last week, last month, last year, last night. We're a bunch of imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. And I want to be one that never moves on from that grace, that thinks that I don't need God. Because the moment I get there, God will leg sweep you so that you know that you need him. And it's, an, it's okay to turn around and see that Egypt is following you. What you do from that point determines if Egypt will catch you or not. So we see in verse 10, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to God. So here they are, crying out to God again. God, help me! They're crying out to God again. And that's a good place to be, to cry out to the Lord, who is your strength, who can provide when you're in need in your dark hour of the soul to cry out to God. That's where you want to be, my friend. That's where you want to be. You want to cry out to God. And then Moses responds to them. Moses answers the people. He says, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. 
The Egyptians you see, you will never see again. Come on, that's good news today. Those things that have been holding you back, hey, you know what? Moses is right, but it's not going to happen the way he thought. They cried out. God did a plague and did all that and struck the Egyptians. He's not striking the Egyptians this time. Moses was right, but his approach was wrong. So he says to the people in verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to do is just be still. So this is what we do in our lives. When we reach an impasse where we don't know what to do and we see Egypt coming behind us, we start throwing on some worship music and we read verses, wait on the Lord who will renew your strength. You'll soar high on wings like eagles. You'll run and not grow weary. You'll walk and not faint. So you start singing, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. He will renew your strength. So wait, I say, wait on him. We start building and we start getting the hype. Wait on the Lord. And you start crying. You can't sing right. He will renew your strength. So wait. And it's good to wait on the Lord. It is good to wait on the Lord. Moses says, stand firm. You will not have to fight these enemies. So now we're thinking, okay. So this is how I fight my battles. This is how I stand still and do nothing. And the Lord fights for me. And he does fight for you. But can I tell you, you also have a part to play. And it's not that simple. Some of us just say, go to the extreme, that it's always God fighting for you. And some take the other extreme where it's always you fighting. You have a part to play in the battle. And this is the confirmation that you need today. That when you are waiting on the Lord, you are not waiting on him for direction. You're waiting on him for strength to take the first step. So next verse, Moses is crying out to God. And God says to Moses... Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Quit waiting and do something. God, I don't know what church I should go to. Get planted. Well, I just want a sign from the Lord. Go. Get plugged in. God, I don't know who I should marry. What do you want to marry? God, I don't know what job I should take. Where do you want to work? God, what college campus do I go to? What do you want to learn? See, I think it's more about who you are when you get there than where you actually go. I think it's more about who you are when you marry that person rather than who you're actually marrying. I think it's about living on a mission when you get into that job rather than where you're actually working. Can I get an amen? It's more about who you are. So God is developing your character. And in order for him to develop your character, he's got to drown Egypt. So God's saying, I'm trying to get some things out of your life. And you're standing still. I need you to move on. You will never grab hold of what God has for you if you are living in the past of what was. So Isaiah 43 says, forget the former things. Do not remember them. Remember them, but forget about it. Forget about it. Remember them, but forget. Why? Because I'm leading you into something new. Do you not perceive it? 
Oh God, I'm just waiting on you. Yeah, but like I'm, I'm making a way through the wilderness. God, there's no way through the Red Sea. What do I do? God says, move on. And as you step, you will find that that's where faith actually is. It's not in knowing where God is leading you. It's believing that he's behind you when you step out. The Bible says that the righteous will live by faith. 2 Corinthians says we walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible says in Hebrews that he who, who, who plows, oh, I got to read this because I want to I be able to get it right here today. I don't want to misuse the word of God. Hebrews 10, 38 says, by the, my righteous one will live by faith and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. The one who just sits back and says, God, do something. He says, I did. I sent Jesus who died on a cross for your sins so that you might be the righteousness of God. And now he's abiding by me next to me. And guess what? He sent his spirit to live inside of you so you could continue the message of reconciliation, bringing a broken world to a loving father. He said, I did something. Now what are you going to do? Move on. God, but I got all these things that are in. That's okay. I want to use that actually. It makes you relatable. It makes you human. It makes you dependent upon me, God says. That thorn in your side was meant to bring you closer to him. But we focus on it. We look at it. Uh, this disqualifies me. Don't get me wrong. Like, there are things that you should not put up with. But know that his grace is strong enough and bigger than your worst failing. It's no matter how far you fall, his hand's deeper to catch you. And that's for some people in here today. But for some others, you've been waiting on God to lead you. And he's not going to say anything. He won't. And you got to take a step. you got to take a step in the conviction that he's right behind you. Because this is what happens. He says, tell the Israelites to move on. Moses raises his staff. The seas part. Israel starts walking. And what does God do? The moment Israel starts moving forward, what happens? Verse 19, it says, that the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them and looked at each up and said, with your best Lord of the Rings impressions, you shall not pass. Pretty sure he had something a little like, this is Sparta. So when you step out, can I tell you, it's not so much that God is going to be in front of you leading you, but he's going to be behind you catching you. We're waiting on God to move in this city, and he's saying to his church, I'm waiting on you. So we step out in faith. We're doing some big things this year that I believe all I got was a, was a, was a word. That's all I got. 
Just God saying, hey, why aren't you doing something? Oh, yeah, what do you want me to do? Crickets. God's looking for a people that see him as Savior, trust him as Lord, but also has faith that he will not let you be disgraced when you step out and take him at his word. So we see they step out. The angel goes behind them. And he's their rear guard. What does Isaiah say? The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Right? Sometimes you only have one step at a time. What does the psalmist say? The Lord is a, the word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Sometimes you don't see the path. All you got is a lamp and you see just right in front of you. Right? What does God say to Gideon? He says, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. What does he say to Moses? That staff in your hand, use that. What does he say to Abram? Go to the land I'll show you. (laughs) What does he say to David? David doesn't even hear anything from God. He just steps out knowing that God's behind him. What does he say to Jonathan? Jonathan says, God can deliver whether by many or by few. Perhaps I'm going to step out in faith knowing that God's right behind me. What does God say to Elijah? He doesn't even say. He says, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray. What does he say to Ruth? Nothing. Ruth gets told to go glean in a field, and she finds that she carries the lineage of Jesus in her blood because she just decided to do something. Because faith is the confidence of what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. And this is what the ancients were commended before. For in Hebrews eleven twenty nine 29 says, By faith the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. The Lord goes behind them. Can I tell you that God's making a way? But you got to move into it. Would you stand to your feet? God is moving you into something new. But in order to walk into the new, sometimes you got to leave behind the past. How He did it before, what happened before. The memories of Egypt. They started complaining. They said, we, we, were there not enough graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to die? Imagine those people. I've been like, who are you? Go back to Egypt. Go. Go ahead, live that life. You were the one crying out to God to get you here. Now you're here. Now you want to turn back now? Go ahead. God's bringing us into something new. Do you not perceive it? Tell you what, it only makes sense in reverse. Sometimes you have to start stepping before those waters start parting. Because the Bible says he is making a way, which means it's present. So we cry out to God, God, help my marriage. He says, do something. We say, God, help my finances. He says, do something. Learn a budget. We say, God, give me wisdom. He says, read a book. Right? God, help me to be a good parent. Be present. And we want God to do it all for us. God doesn't work like that. And so I want you to leave here today knowing that you have a part to play. And even if you make the wrong step, God will direct you. It's easier for him to steer a moving ship than to release it from port. 
This is the last verse I want to give you. Isaiah 50, verse 7. It says this. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my eyes as a flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. This is a prophetic picture of Jesus. He's saying, God's with me. The sovereign Lord helps me. So I'm not going to be disgraced. So I'm going to look in front of me, not to my right, not to my left, in front of me. Knowing that even if I fail, even if I fall, my God is just as much as a helper and a catcher as he is a savior. So step out. Big faith. Walk in the thing God has you. Quit waiting on God when he's waiting on you. Amen? Can I pray over you? Father God, I thank you for your people. God, help us to be men and women of faith that step out in big faith. God, not just sitting in the back waiting for you to do something. God, but I pray that we would carry audacious faith on the idea that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor entered into the hearts of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So right now, God, I declare in Jesus' mighty name that we will not be held back looking at Egypt, afraid of what Egypt is going to be bringing. When you've told us, stop crying out to me and move on. God, give us that strength like you did, Joshua. God, give us that tenacity like you did, Daniel. God, give us that, that, that ability to stand firm and stand fast in the things you call us to, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God, give us that bounce-back faith like you did, Peter. God, and I pray that you give us that resolution faith that you gave Paul, that though I press on towards the mark of the high calling of God, God, knowing that you are with us and that you are for us. God, we declare this in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.